Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Forever. Dog. Comic books, comic time. Writers and artists are on the line. They make a splash as a comic's read and take us on a trip behind the spread. Watch out. For comic book commentary Spinning the winning inside Fix how they got a hot idea Narrative character visual tricks And Uh-huh It's comic book commentary Hello and welcome to Comic Book Commentary. I am Carla Pacheco and we're going to be discussing Rick and Morty issue number 48, uh, but actually not the main issue. We're going to be talking about uh, the backup story, but to do that, I actually brought in a very special guest, uh, editor-in-chief of Oni and awesome lady all around and beloved comic goddess. I'm definitely not sucking up to my boss. Uh, Sarah Gatos is here. Hi, everybody. Yeah, I edited this comic, and since we are literally sitting um, right next door to Emerald City Comic Con right now, we thought it would be a good chance to chat about this. Uh, yeah, so we are we are live from the past uh, at Emerald City right now, which is why we're both kind of brain dead, uh, even though it's, it's only Thursday, but you know... Sometimes that's enough. Uh, so, so we're actually we're gonna focus on. Uh, well, I, oh, I guess we should do some quick intros. So, I'm Carla Pacheco. I've uh, written uh, some uh, some of these backup stories for Rick and Morty. Uh, I've also written for Marvel, and I am also the author of Inspector Pancakes helps the president of France solve the White Orchid mur- murders, which is probably the only children's book about really terrible murders uh but you should check that out because it's an adorable dog who solves murders uh but only in the fine print it's a large print story where you can uh read that to a child and then a really really graphic noir in the fine print um so that that's my claim to fame that's all i got going on sarah is actually way more impressive so i'll let you talk about you doubtful um so yes i am editor-in-chief at oni comics or oni press i also edit the rick and morty comics um as well as some other fun stuff um previous to oni i was at idw and previous to that i was at wildstorm i have a long history in what we call the licensed comics business which we will talk about a little bit here yeah so i think that's kind of one of the the things we want to talk like focus on because licensed comics a a lot of people ask oh how does this connect to the show like rick and morty obviously very beloved show how so i'll let you kind of go through the how does this connect to the show and how does it not connect to the show 
Yeah, definitely. So um, the Rick and Morty comics have been at Oni Press for a while now. Um, Oni was actually one of the very first um, Rick and Morty licensors. They loved the show very early on and kind of um, got in touch with everyone to get these comics rolling. We are just starting to put together issue number 50, which is a great achievement. Um, a lot of comics don't go that long anymore. And um, these 50 issues, in addition to the other ones that we've done, including um, some called Rick and Morty Presents, which are kind of issues focused on different characters. Um, there's Little Poopy Superstar, which is a <laughs> miniseries. And another miniseries called Pocket Like You Stole It. And then right now at Emerald City, we've also debuted the Rick and Morty Dungeons and Dragons crossover trade paperback. Um, so all of these Rick and Morty comics are, you know, Oni doesn't own Rick and Morty. Right. Sadly, I do not. Um, <laughs> it is owned by Adult Swim and Cartoon Network. So we um, license them from from those entities. And so it goes through an approval process. Yeah. That. So, yeah, the, the approval process from the writing standpoint is... You know, so that was something that was new for me where, like, it really is every step of the process. Like, they have to approve my script. Do do they have to approve the initial pitch as well first? Um, It goes back and forth. Um, If there's something that I think is going to be a little challenging, um, it (laughs) saves everyone a little bit of time and heartbreak just to run it by the licensors first. Um, They have a whole series of things that they need to comment on. Um, for standards and practices um, Mm -hmm. and all that good stuff. And then they'll also have comments now and then about just the quality of the story in terms of like, you know. Don't tell me they said I suck. No, not that kind of quality. More like if for some reason we were to like overlook a giant plot hole or something like that, they would be there to also comment on that sort of thing. I think they actually, they did that with this uh, backup story that in issue number 48 where uh, we had it written out or I think... did they actually come back on that after we'd already gotten the script? Probably. So, so basically, <laughs> the, the licensors um, contractually get to see it at several steps. The script, um, the pencils or layouts, so they can kind of get a sense of how the art is looking. And then again, when the entire book is finished, and they can have comments at any point during that time that we need to address and likely change. Um, and that might be, hey, jerks, you colored... Um, Rick's hair incorrectly in this panel or hey jerks you have this person's shirt as a striped shirt on page one but it turns into a polka dot on page three or it could be all of us being like "Ooh, whoops we kind of screwed up here this is all everybody's (laughs) mistake it's one last chance to make sure that all the the t's are crossed and i's are dotted I, I know I've had, when I uh, told people, oh, I'm working on a couple of Rick and Morty shorts, uh, the first question is always, oh, uh, like, is this going to show up in the show? And my explanation for it has always been, uh, it's like, we have to make sure we're canon, but we're not necessarily going to become canon to yes, them. Exactly. The whole canon debate is annoying to me <laughs> um, because, honestly, we're just trying to make the best comic. To yeah. me, the most important thing is that it's in the spirit of the show and is an extension of the show. I, previous to this, I edited a lot of Star Trek comics, and people would complain a lot about whether or not the story is or is not canon. And for a lot of things, sure, it's canon until it's not. Right. Um, right. And there's not a lot I personally can do about that. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so, so I almost consider the Rick and Morty comics like watching another little episode of the show. It's just in a very different format. Um, and it has a little bit different pacing because I do not think that animation and comics are a one-to-one comparison. I think they're definitely related in a lot of ways, but there's still stuff in comics that we can do that they can't and vice versa. Right, right. Um, and I'm being super unprofessional, and there's my phone beeping in the background. Yay! Uh, so here, let's actually so let's let's get into the actual Rick and Morty issue 48 here. Um, so the main story was written by Kyle Starks, uh, illustrated by Mark Ellibri. Um My backup was art by Ian McGinty, and then uh, Sarah Stern and Crank did uh, the coloring and letters uh, for for both the main story and for the backup. So. Uh, for someone who's listening along to a comic book commentary stuff and isn't familiar with backup stories, uh, backup stories can be anywhere from a single page to a four page to, I think, uh, I've, I've done like 10 or 12 page Mm -hmm. stories for Marvel as part of like, not that weren't, those weren't really backup, but, Mm -hmm. uh, so for this, uh, so are all Rick and Morty backups about four pages or? Generally, yeah. yeah. Generally about four pages. It's a nice split, I think, mm-hmm. 18 and four for us. Yeah. Um, and so I, I remember, so when you approached me about writing this, uh, it was, A, I was flailing wildly around the room, or the boat. Mm-hmm. I live on a boat. Uh, and it was, you know, so I was super excited because it is one of my favorite shows, Um When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And, you know, I think one of the first questions I asked was like, okay, so you wanted me to do a series of four, four page backup stories. And so I was like, so do those normally like go along with the main story? Are they normally completely separate? Can we go bonkers? And, you know, you said, you know, it's like, well, you can either have it basically be a 16 page story split into four parts uh, or four standalone stories. Yeah, at the end of the day, we can kind of do whatever we want. Um, but to make everybody's lives easier, I, right. I personally like not connected stories. And that's simply because of the way people, I think, are consuming comics these days, especially the Rick and Morty comics, which, um, at least the ones that we're doing right now, they're they're not parts of a longer arc. Each one can be read independently. So it kind of makes sense to me that the B stories are read independently as well. Um, and I feel like um, there's there's pros and cons to both. Mm-hmm. If you're doing a connected series of four-page ones, that means you have to figure out all these big cliffhangers right. um, every four pages. The the bad part of doing inter- or not connected ones is that you really don't have a lot of space, which right. I know is probably the hardest thing yeah. that you had to deal with. <laughs> uh, specifically in this issue. So we'll start, we'll, we're going to skip past all of Kyle's awesome main story and go straight to, to my awesome little story. Uh, so writing a complete story in just four pages, 
it, it can certainly be a challenge. So if you've already checked out uh, Rick and Morty 46 and 47, so me trying to split the difference between a connected story and four standalone stories, what I decided to go with, uh, and Sarah let me, <laughs> was I, I wanted them all slightly connected uh, to Blitz and Chips. Um, and if you read uh, uh, 46, 47, now 48, and then coming out next month, uh, you know, 49, the final story, you'll see that I was basically ripping off The Simpsons <laughs> was where I was kind of going with it was that 22 short films about Springfield, which I know is like what? It, like, I know that's like a homage to a much more artsy mm -hmm. film. But of course, I'm an idiot. So I only know The Simpsons reference. Uh, but I wanted them to all be standalone stories. But if you're paying attention, you can kind of and you read them all together. You can tell that they're all like if not necessarily at the same day they're all kind of happening around this shared universe and so they're all completely individual stories but you can see what's what's connecting them like what the common thread is and that's blitz and chips uh but on this one i kind of went uh i i went back to my wasteland roots where i i really love the post-apocalyptic rick and morty episodes because uh, I every year I go out into the middle of the desert for a week and pretend that Mad Max happened, and I dress up like uh, like I escaped from Waterworld. Um, and I also own the Exxon Valdez that I won fighting in the Thunderdome. That's actually a true thing that happened. Uh, so, <laughs> so I obviously relate to the Wasteland story. So teenage Wasteland here. Uh, we're gonna start. Uh, so we've got summer coming out of the house and this is i i'm sorry but the line uh we're, we we're gonna go make uh, fun of casey for having to work at the food court only poor people like that that made me laugh and i don't care uh <laughs> um so then you know uh hemorrhage our main man shows up and uh so you know he's obviously he's come back to win summer back um who was his wife and he kind of divorced her for or she divorced him because he was kind of a shitty husband uh so this was actually what sarah was talking about earlier this is where uh adult swim came back and said we were breaking canon original story was i'd had hemorrhage coming up like it hadn't go, had it gone to art yet I or i think it was just a script just script yeah, yeah just yeah. script um and so my original concept was that hemorrhage and gone out into the desert, found his own lump of glowing rock, created that technology so that he could come back on his own. And I, I think I'd had it kind of like he'd built like a flex capacitator into the war rig. Uh, and so that was a major plot point. You know, I was like, yeah, they could come up with this. And Adult Swim came back and they're like, no, only Rick can come up with that. That's why he's Rick. I was like, oh, right. So switched it around to uh, Rick instead, came back and was just buying it off of uh, Hemorrhage. So uh, obvious. And also then rather than going through a full explanation on this, I just had Summer cut him off of we're not doing a flashback. So off we go. Uh, <laughs> And that's also kind of a joke at me because I'm pretty fond of doing 
big dramatic flashbacks. Well, that made me really happy too because we didn't have to then figure out how to make space for the flashback. So <laughs> I like that very much. And I also really love that panel too because I think it shows Ian McGinty very McGintying it mm-hmm. um, in that I love someone who can do very on model art is what we call it. Like it looks like the show. But it still feels like Ian to me at the exact same time. Right. And right. so that whatever, just take me to school panel made me really happy when I saw it. Well, and also like, man, he knocked it out of the park mm-hmm. on that war rig. Like that was like all, all of like he really just did a phenomenal job on all of this. And Sarah Stern did an awesome job coloring it. And then we'll we'll get to the point where uh, we'll talk about what a great great patient job poor crank did on the lettering because uh, i fucked up yeah. uh, <laughs> so i i knew so we're uh you know so uh hemorrhage takes summer to school um and she's just like just shut up drop me off behind he's he's trying to win her back he's he's like just hey you know if you're not doing anything i i did i saved enough the glowing green rock i can i can get us back and she's just like no I'm not having it um and then, uh, you know, so she's obviously annoyed. He's following her to school. And then, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, this is a call. This next page uh, where it's that first panel is a callback to the to the episode of the TV show where they were banging on a tool bench. Um, definitely canon. <laughs> uh and uh you know he's he's trying but then uh principal principal vagina comes in misunderstands selling green rocks uh i did like the line uh this doesn't look like a school regulation bucket <laughs> um and uh you know and then you know principal vagina rips off the bucket we see poor hemorrhages incredibly incredibly unfortunate pedo stash Meanwhile, uh, Principal thinks that all the kids are laughing at his terrible joke. Um, and, the, of course, the kids are just laughing at his unfortunate face. Um, the funny thing is, like, when I saw this panel from Ian, I was like, I live in Portland. So I'm like, <laughs> I know, like, a million hipsters that look just like this asshole. Like, he would clean up in Portland. He should just move. Um, I also really love this because I love any sort of Rick and Morty stuff where... Um, the bizarreness of their lives comes face to face with their existence in high school or normal life. Mm-hmm. Um, and this episode, the, the episode of the series, um, is probably probably my favorite episode of Rick and Morty. Um, so to have Hemorrhage back and like seeing Summer as just a normal high school student um, versus like the insane adventures, especially this one where she had like a whole life with this man and mm-hmm. like a romance and a... Um, and then, you know, the fallout, um, made me really happy. Well, yeah. And, uh, so in issue 47, uh, the previous issue to this one, uh, the, the B story that I did is all about the Uto, um, which is the tow truck company that the Smith's family ends up using. Uh, and I just kind of created a whole little backstory what what their deal was and it turns out they'd been kind of ending up in a lot of the same places that rick was because some of his science stuff got dumped in the back of a u-haul or sorry a u-toe um and so one of the one of the parts where they show up is actually in the uh the you know the post-apocalyptic world so it's uh 
you know, so that's where Rick's like, yeah, Mad Maxine, go get me another beer. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and that's where like, so again, like little parts where the stories are all kind of interconnecting, um, but they're, they all just kind of stand alone or connect to the series in their own way. Um, so now we get the nerds. Um, so they, uh, they're still looking for that green rock and poor, poor hemorrhage is just like so out of his element at this point. He doesn't know why they care, but he's also kind of not impressed with them. But, um, and so, yeah, be a rock star, join mineral club today. And other kids are obviously already making fun of him. But so I did like this. You know, this is fascinating. Where'd you get it? <laughs> and we just flash back to hemorrhage destroying everyone, and he just goes with, found it in my backyard. <clears throat> that was probably my favorite page turn reveal in the story <laughs> is, um, again, contrasting, like, this dude who's getting made fun of in high school. But um, if you remember the episode, everyone is basically killing each other over very little. Um, <laughs> and he's kicking some ass. And then he's like, oh, yeah, found it in my backyard. Because he somehow knows that that would not go over well. Right, yeah. It's like, yeah, he's he's so desperate now. Like, he's he's been bullied, even though he's Lord of the Deathstalkers. It's just like, he, like teenagers are fucking terrible. Uh, they, will, they will cut you down to your component parts real fast. Um, so... But, you know, he found some cool nerds that are, are digging his style. Uh, and so they immediately ask, like, hey, you know, we uh, got room for another play in our weekly gaming session. You know, our cleric got tired of uh, people making fun of us and went out for gymnastics. That is actually a joke that is based exactly at my boyfriend, who uh, who was like uh, like a college-level gymnast, but also plays a lot of D&D. Nice. Um, uh, so, so, so this whole page, there's just a lot going on. This, th this, this story was one of my toughest. It's the one I think I'm proudest of, of the four that I did, um, that you should still read all of them. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, I, it was the toughest because I wanted to get so much information into it. And I, was this the one where you had to pull me back from and how many panels well i think we <laughs> we pulled you back on the script level and then so basically this is where we sing the praises of crank our wonderful letterer um basically she overwrote this entire <laughs> section in terms of the dialogue yeah. and what that means is if we were to put all the words that she wrote on the page on the actual printed page it would be mostly text not not art which is the cardinal sin of comic book <laughs> writing but it's very hard to visually see that sometimes so yeah. what crank did which was great he just lettered it and you could see exactly where the overrun was mm -hmm. yeah so like and i i knew from the beginning that it was like i i made you know an all apologies to the master but yeah i i've i said several times like i went full bendis and i'm so so sorry uh but I think we also were kind of waiting to see how it played. Like, I, I think I, I went through and cut a lot of stuff uh, at script level. And then I think I even asked, I was like, do I need to cut more? And I think at that point, we we're like, let's see how it plays out. Mm -hmm. And then we can adjust from there. Mm -hmm. um, so that is like this one was difficult because I would have killed for five pages. Like just one page, one more page, one more page. I could get this all in, all in there. But you only have four. 
And so trying to structure a full story and making sure you get those four major beats throughout it is a really, really interesting challenge. Um, but it's one I definitely enjoy, uh, but also God bless uh, Crank <laughs> uh, for for uh, for knocking that out. And then once we kind of realized like, oh, OK, where it is, I was able to go through and murder a lot more darlings as as if I was in the apocalypse. Uh, but yeah, so I think the original script, uh, how many panels is on this page? Uh, so I think this was the page where it's a six panel page and originally I think I almost was trying to do eight and so that's where uh we cut out two panels and that's why we've just got two weeks of soulful teen bonding later and that's all you need you you don't actually need those two panels because you can everyone's seen teen movies you know how this played out um so we don't need the additional stuff um so this was where I cut out a big chunk of jokes that I liked, but they weren't advancing the story and you wouldn't have been able to see any of the art. Uh, so, you know, they're having fun playing D&D uh, and they reveal that they've got a little jazz trio and that they get to perform at the school assembly next week. And Hemi wants in, hell yeah, all about that smooth jazz. That's a very good sound effect. <laughs> and that is exactly how it was written in the script. All of those Z's. It was just like, I need a sound effect that is just smooth jazz. Um, Summer, not impressed, but also kind of showing her ass that she definitely did bang him in a pool of mutant blood and a devastated remains of a once great civilization. Uh, and then she's obviously pretty angry about it. But the... I. I do love the uh, the banner in the background, which, like, if you can read behind it, is uh, get jazz for mandatory statewide hepatitis screenings. <laughs> it's real good. It's real good. And it's one of those things that we know we can't put it, like, front and center. But hopefully maybe, like, you're reading this maybe two or three times through maybe yeah. like 15 times through <laughs> yeah and it, in multiple reads it's one of those things that you didn't see the first time and then you're like oh damn that's good <laughs> um so then uh we've got principal vagina now uh you know making the big announcement and you can tell that their the jazz band name is uh, the achieve tones um and then he's trying to remind them that they all need to get their uh Screak, uh, the microphones, you know, feedbacking. So they obviously need to schedule something before something gets worse. Um, so then we go to, uh, uh, is this page, oh, page four. Man, we swim th through this so quickly. Uh, so they're back out in the, so this is, our, so this is back behind the, uh, the school where they were originally, uh, dropped off because, uh, Summer didn't want to be seen with them. Hemorrhage not really getting it. He thought that people like even though he got pretty got bullied pretty bad, he he still thought that that, you know, he would be protecting the nerds, but he's actually been making everything worse. But they think he's worth it. Um and then yeah, high school is truly the harshest wasteland. Um there's kind of a ongoing thing here with uh, this little little dude Jeff of I think all of the comics kind of end up having some little element of people trying to find a place that they belong um or trying to find like a little uh a place where they fit in where they can succeed um a new home and so all four comics in addition to having a 
you know, through line where they all end up at Blitz and Chips or are somehow connected to Blitz and Chips. It's all about belonging because I'm a fucking sap. (laughs) Um, So, you know, Hemorrhage is doing some soul searching. You know, when he left, he was just trying to win back Summer. He saved enough of the rock to bribe Rick to take him back to the wasteland. But he has discovered that his real friends and his real family are with these fucking nerds. And so maybe they can just find some place they can all belong. And that, of course, is Blitzum Chips. Uh, so yeah, it's the most exclusive table game in the universe. You know, Zinglopian Pygal, Venusian Strip Poker. Um, so I had to look up the word super coitus. It was uh, just, I was trying to find, I, I was making Lynn be kind of like a bird nerd in my mind. Like that was, I think that was some stuff that there wasn't enough time to talk about that she was just this big freaking nerd uh, that was like the science nerd. Like they were all their own different types of nerd. Uh, and so she was like the science nerd. Um, and so she was just loving living in an alien world because she can see all these different types of biology and stuff and then turns out smooth uh, jazz is an aphrodisiac there and they're making a shit ton of flurbos and <coughs> oh excuse me and so here uh this is actually a reference to uh my actual wasteland stuff that i do the skull duggers are a tribe that uh well it's a you know like they play skull dugger and uh there, there's a lot of really violent games out in the wastelands, so that one's kind of a combination of rugby and football, except it's played with a dog skull. Um, oh, oh, it's so they're, they're a, a jugger team. They're the team that plays jugger, and uh, so jugger played with a dog skull. They they use a 3D printed one now, but it's still pretty violent uh so yeah so blood offering to the skull duggers that's a tribe from wasteland um charisma check to see if they accept it or split your skull open like an overripe uh melon and feast on your entrails um so that that's actually a thing from the show that uh my partner and i say pretty much all the time just at each other um but yeah bold choice even countered skull duggers my friend uh so yeah that's that's how you how I did four pages. Um, yeah, it's hard. I think if anyone had you know the essay um, things that you had to write in college or high school, sometimes the shorter ones are harder to do than the longer ones. And so I feel like I kind of um, ask a lot of people when they're writing these, and you know it's supposed to be like oh it's just a little backup story, but it really does take a lot of time and whittling down things to their essence. Um, which for comics is nice because I feel like comics can get very essential in just what you show on the page with with words and art. You can get a lot across in a short amount of space. Yeah, I've actually like right now I've you know we're at Emerald City Comic Con and I've got a deadline for Monday for thirty uh, for thirty page comic as you do, and I'm very excited about it. But I'm actually having a harder time with that just because I've gotten in the headspace of being able to tell a story in only four to five pages um and so all of a sudden i've got it's like when you live in a nice comfy dog crate and then all of a sudden you've got an entire field to play in and it's a little overwhelming Mm -hmm. so uh yeah i'm trying to figure out how to just fill up that field with dog crates right now but and it would be really interesting to talk to ian and sarah too about like 
these are the writing challenges of four pages what are the coloring and art challenges of four pages because they also have to communicate a large amount of information in a very short amount of time mm-hmm. well maybe uh, ben ben can uh, invite them on because that'd be very very cool to hear from um so uh, i think that uh, that about wraps it up uh but thank you so much to sarah gatos for coming and hanging out and we definitely were not drinking in my room while we we're doing this and you didn't hear any glass uh or ice uh tinkling throughout throughout the uh the entire episode but uh thank you so much we're both probably gonna go take naps and uh then we're heading back out to the show uh which again was in the past that you're now hearing it but check out rick and morty uh 46 47 48 and 49 if you want to get all four of my backup stories and read them together and see how they connect uh and then also keep an eye out for issue number 50 which is going to be a big whiz bang but uh thank you guys so much and uh enjoy more comic book commentary yeah and you can follow me at sarah gatos on twitter that's s-a-r-a-h-g-a-y-d-o-s and oni press is at oni press oh yeah uh and i'm uh the carla pacheco and uh, t-h-e-k-a-r-l-a-p-a-c-h-e-c-o uh on twitter but just follow sarah and then see who she follows and you can find me that's probably easier uh but thank you so much uh this has been a lot of fun enjoy forever dog this has been a forever dog production executive produced by brett boehm joe cilio and alex ramsey For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever.